welcome to Jews Taekwondo Podcast. Today we have Miss Phoebe Granfield. She's a fourth degree black belt in the International Taekwondo Federation. How are you, ma'am? Good, thank you, sir. Great. So um, we were talking a little bit uh, about your own experience, and you did a little interview with me a couple months ago regarding your dissertation on ITF instructor course, I believe. Yes, sir. And how did that go? It went well. And what was that uh, dissertation exactly? What were you trying to achieve? It was basically on about, is there the Muso Muye Mudo pedagogy on the international instructor courses? And a lot of people don't actually know what Muso Muye and Mudo are in Taekwondo. Ah, well, do you want to explain that real quickly? So it's a, like a three-stage pedagogy. So you, you have the first level, which is Muso. So Mu means martial, and so Mu in all of them means martial. And Sol means technique. So it means the martial technique. So it's, so it's the techniques that you learn. And then once you learn the techniques, you you then move on to the Mu Ye. And so the Ye means, um, it basically means like artistry. So that's like about sort of expressing yourself in the martial art. And you can do that a bit more so in sparring and about adapting the techniques to yourself about, okay, I'm, I'm like quite a kicky sparrow or like I am quite defensive or quite offensive. And you kind of like learn the different stuff about yourself within the martial art type. In patterns, you can't really do that as much because obviously you can't adapt the move so much in patterns. Like a middle psychic is a shorter height. You can't adapt that height so much um, for it to be technically correct sort of thing. Mine was actually the first one to define muye in pattern training because it requires a different definition to that it is about the understanding of the movements rather than adapting so it's like you are first taught like how to cross your hands or sort of about how to move or the sine wave or knee spring whichever way you want to call that but then after a while once you've been taught it after you've done it for so long you just start to almost embody a different a deeper understanding of and that happens through realization and so that's where like a transition in knowledge occurs essentially and then that brings you over to uh, mudo and that means martial way and that's the teaching the do of taekwondo and that's when you're ready to learn the do part of it but people can be at different stages so say like when i first got my fourth degree i in the color belt patterns i could i could be at the mu ye level and i could have a certain level of do but then in my fourth degree patterns i'm i'm at the mu so level does that make sense yeah that's yes that's really very interesting in our previous conversation you mentioned that you are autistic can you maybe tell our listeners exactly what does that mean to people who don't understand what autism is? Autism is medically defined as a as having trouble with communication and interaction and having fixed and restrictive interests and behaviors essentially. Having trouble communicating and interacting with people and then also having really uh, intense interests. It tends to affect interaction quite a lot. I see. There's different there's different levels of autism as well. Okay. How many different levels would you say there is? Three. Three. Okay. Yeah. Was <laughs> that beginner, intermediate, and advanced? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is based on the care levels essentially that are unique. So you have some who are nonverbal, and they need um, help with every. 
they they need help with like getting changed or they need help with just like basic daily tasks and they require 24-7 care and then you have so like they would be level three because they would require really high support needs essentially and then you have like level one who it does affect their life but they can um, like go to work they can interact with people without support but find it quite hard and then and some people um, do something called masking where they try and hide the struggle so an example of that could be like eye contact or something it may not come naturally to them but they might have like intellectually learned it and then they count the seconds of eye contact they are making and then count how many seconds they're not making eye contact for and they're doing this whilst having a conversation with you so it looks like they are communicating normally when when actually they're having a separate conversation to themselves about eye contact and, and making sure the body language is a correct and that sort of thing oh i see and what level would you say um you're at uh, I'm level one. Level one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was really surprised that uh, you said that you had autism. I was like, okay. Um, I have some students that are autistic, and some are kind of high-functioning, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah. and it is kind of, as a taekwondo instructor, you, I think you just have to be really patient. But you also have to understand what they're going through. Because sometimes you have children that are just you know, wild and, <laughs> and you can control them in different ways. But, but when you have someone that has this kind of a condition, it's a little bit different, I think. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, yeah I, I would say that I know before, like when I assisted um, at previous clubs and I assisted throughout the whole evening of classes and there was like the four to seven year old class. And I, I remember this particular student um, who had autism and he would have a lot of meltdowns in class, especially like doing squats and that sort of thing. And I find that people don't, people think the best way to do it is to like drag the student back into class or something. And the main instructor and the parent both agree that's the best way. And I, I'm just kind of stood there and like, and I know what that student is going through. And I know what that feels like. And then it wasn't until I actually uh, covered a class from my instructor and I, and I covered that class and then I thought about it and I was like, actually, no, that isn't. I thought, well, actually, it'll be better to not drag them back into class because it's quite, it can be sort of like quite painful almost having the meltdown. And I thought, well, you just kind of need to like reassure them really, be there for them and then they would normally have like something that like they're very interested in. So you can kind of start talking to them about that and then just get them punching on pads and then bring them back and then bring them back into class gradually. Right. So, and I find that sometimes instruct uh, some, some people don't quite know how to handle students who are, who are adults and are high functioning because they're like, well, cause it's like with me, sometimes people think, well, some people sometimes forget I don't have it because because I'm able to teach Taekwondo, I'm able to cover classes. I umpire, got to fourth degree, didn't have any special um, accommodations in my gradings. I have competed at European and World Championships um, in the mainstream, not in the special needs and all that sort of stuff. So because I've done all of that, but then if I have a shutdown or something in class, in training, then instructors don't really sort of then sometimes are seen as like irresponsible. Mm. So, 
and it's just like they don't quite know and so it's like being seen as being capable of doing stuff to them not being capable and they don't know how to communicate with me i see on that basis if that makes sense sure that makes a lot of sense and so would you say level one is about the maximum someone could do taekwondo or is it um can level two obviously i think you said level three was high really high needs yeah well um i would i would say all the three can do taekwondo but you would have have to adapt the training maybe a little bit more to the level three student and and that sort of thing yeah it sounds to me like um someone that's high functioning or um someone that needs more attention couldn't be in a regular taekwondo class unless the instructor was um trained in that way um i haven't seen anyone who's like a level three in taekwondo so i'm not i don't i don't really want to say no i guess it kind of depends it, it depends sure it depends on the instructor right <laughs> yeah 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 it would and and the level three would have a carer with them sort of thing right oh okay okay so no i do re- i do recall so, yeah. a student like that where there was a, someone that take care of them and they told me that this person was um had autism and uh, i says no that's great you know no, no problem try the class and and that caretaker would be there all the time yeah and, and in yeah, case so, something happened and yeah so, or, so yeah le- level three it's usually someone who needs a carer a lot of the time and that sort of thing and then like level one is like really high function and then level two is kind of middle right so it's like you don't quite need care 24 7 but you need you do need a lot more help okay well that's um interesting now so is autism kind of um diagnosed right away Uh, Uh, when you're younger or how do i mean how do people know that someone has that usually it's like teachers or or someone like that would sort would essentially recognize it but um some people they will recognize it quite early in life, they would be diagnosed as like a kid, right? Like before, like your parents. And would yeah. your 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 parents would say something that there's something not quite right or something? Or, I mean, how would um, you know that? Either doctors or teachers who who have an understanding. For me personally, it was at first. It was um, I had a support worker when I was in year six and she specialized in girls with autism hmm. well I wasn't diagnosed with autism at that point and um she said to my parents she definitely has autism my mum looked her up about autism in girls and 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 then she was like well yeah this you know this basically like explains a lot and so then they went to for me to get a diagnosis and I didn't get it at first and then it wasn't and then I started secondary school, and then when I started secondary school, it wasn't until I had a lot of a lot of problems because of it. Um, so like I struggled, I didn't really know what a friend was. I didn't, I wasn't able. I really tried to make friends, but I just couldn't make or maintain those friendships, and I I didn't know why, sort of thing. And then getting bullied for not understanding sarcasm and that sort of thing. And then I would struggle with, I would have a, a shutdown or like a meltdown when, when I had to change a teacher, couldn't cope with having a sub teacher and change or like a changing classroom and that sort of thing. And it wasn't until that persisted over 
about four years, then teachers started to realise, oh, I think she's got autism. So it wasn't until until things got really bad and I got really, really stressed and anxious about school that people didn't uh, pick up on it until then, essentially. So, and then I did get the, the diagnosis, essentially. So it's usually sort of teachers or parents that, or some other form of person who knows about it. They recognize her, right. How has Taekwondo helped you with your um, condition? Well, so when I first started Taekwondo, I was five years old. And I was also, before I was diagnosed with autism, when I was about six, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And But then another medical professional said, doesn't seem like I've got ADHD, so I, I don't know if I actually had it or not. But in class, I just, I couldn't keep, still I would run around it was because at the start of the class we would like run, we would like uh, run around and play tag or something and then and then like the instructor would would basically like um say uh, line up and then we had to stop from r- running around and playing to lining up and my brain could, couldn't make the transition from playing around to standing still and so whilst everyone was lining up I was still running around my instructor gave me about the warning system worked out that essentially I would get one warning and then if I got a second warning, um, I wasn't allowed to play dodgeball. If I got a third warning, then I would have to sit out and, and I wouldn't be allowed to join back in. Now you're talking about regular school or are you talking um, about taekwondo? Taekwondo. Okay. You guys played <laughs> you played dodgeball in taekwondo? <laughs> yeah, we played uh, dodgeball at the end of uh, the class. Ah, so, it's just a little fun and game. Yeah, yeah, just like a little, little game, like five, ten minute game at, at the end. And I wasn't allowed to, if I got two warnings, I wasn't allowed to play it. And so, so I did spend a lot of the first one or two years of Taekwondo just being sat out because I got three warnings a lot because I either called out or I was running around or sitting all a rolling about or something like that. Sure. So it's more like a, a disciplinary action yeah and yeah and was that a good thing or a bad thing for you because it doesn't kind of sound like he understood that you are um maybe a little autistic um i think um my instructor thought i had like adhd but they but she didn't uh, treat me any differently but i i did need to someone to be quite firm with me not not to like abuse it or, or, or anything because people can abuse that type of thing but just to sort of set out sort of very clear expectations of what I am and I'm not allowed to do and I couldn't actually talk until I was about six years old so um, when I first started taekwondo because I do have a stamina as well it was a lot worse when I when I was younger I took me about 10 minutes to say one sentence I had trouble talking to people and then also because of the stamina but I also just generally wasn't able to talk and I didn't know I didn't know how to interact with people either so with taekwondo because there's a lot of clear expectations of of how to interact with people you you were taught how to shake hands you taught you were taught how to address people it's a lot more sort of I don't want to say strict but I think you kind of understand what I mean by that right Um, so do you think that helped you um yeah I think it's helped me understand sort of about social emotional reciprocity type thing in the conversations and just generally learn to have a conversation essentially so a lot of 
social stuff, I've learned through Taekwondo, which most people just learnt intuitively. More strict discipline, you would say, was helpful for you? Yeah, it was. Um, I also, some people can abuse it a little bit. Sure. So you have to, so like, as an instructor, be careful, you know, to be kind of like firm but fair, I would say. But yeah, I would say no, having clear expectations and having rules that are quite explicit helps a lot. Okay, because it seems to me like today you kind of have to tiptoe around children nowadays. You know, you don't want to upset them or they're too sensitive or whatever. Would you do you, do you find that's true or not true from when uh, you started Taekwondo? Can you repeat the question? It seems to me like today, as instructors, you, you're kind of like on a tightrope, whether to be strict or not strict. You don't want the children to be like, oh, he's too strict, or, um, and I don't like doing Taekwondo, or do you have to be too nice to them, or whatever it is. Does I that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it does. I, I'm trying to think about the difference between the two. I think nowadays maybe you have to be a, li a little bit more cautious about it and it's a bit more emphasis on kind of having fun but parents still kind of expect the martial art discipline within the fun part if that makes sense yeah no i i understand it's like sometimes i hear when people says oh yeah master Chu, he's um uh, he's quite strict <laughs> and i was like oh i am <laughs> i don't find myself to be strict but i guess it depends on the person right yeah, how I they, guess, I guess, they see it. Yeah, yeah. Like some people might see it just as like, a, I think some people might think the fun part is more important, especially if especially if it's their full-time job. And so they want the kids to enjoy it. Right. Because of the, you know, because obviously that's how they make their living. But then it, it is still a martial art. So there still has to be a certain amount of discipline, I believe. And I think so long as instructors don't, abuse their power in it because instructors can can do that so long as it's fair and abusing the power right then i think that helps having just having clear sort of like rules on how to behave because a lot of and also because like your inside world um can be a lot different to the outside world and you don't and you don't always realize how different it is I can think something is polite when actually it is quite rude to other people or vice versa. Sure. Yep. No, I understand what you're saying. Now, you uh, mentioned that you're thinking about um, running your own club. Uh, yeah. That's I'm pretty cool. About that. <laughs> you, yeah. should, you definitely <laughs> should do it. Now, would you be focused more on people that have autism or just club in general? The idea I had came to mind about doing it for autistic uh, people but i would also be happy to run a club and just in, you know include everyone in it as well sure that'd be very cool i think you should definitely should do it thank you sir you know and if you need any assistance or advice i'd be more than glad to share my two cents thank you sir <laughs> and this was a really interesting conversation to have especially a different perspective from someone that has this condition and hopefully maybe someone else that's listening can have a different point of view about people that have um, autism. Well, Miss Granfield, thank you very much. I really do appreciate your time. 
and hopefully we'll catch up the next time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.